Listen to me. Listen to me. I, at the end of this sermon, listen to me. At the end of this sermon, I want you to find a bunch of strangers in this room and invite them to your house. Nothing up my sleeve. That's where we're going. Okay? You go, oh, but I don't want to do that. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me 40 minutes. All right? Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you think that makes you feel uncomfortable, I'm an introvert. Okay? I'm not, I'm not like a little introvert. I'm like a whole lot of introvert. Right? My, true story. Several times a year, I have to get away to a monastery, be in a room by myself with the lights out and sit for days because being with other people um, I love it so much but it, it wears me out I, I've always had friends who are extroverts it, it's, it's, I'm, you, know, you know what I am I'm the ugly guy who hangs out with the supermodels this has always been the case right and so right I remember I'm not going to do that no I was going to make fun of Pastor Raymond but I'm not going to do that but, uh, no, but I had, I mean, I had sexy, menudo-looking friends. Are you that person? Like, I, I was the ugly guy. They were, like, beautiful. I had my brother, Americo, who looked like Ricky Martin. True story, right? Um, uh, I had uh, Pastor Raymond as a friend, good-looking dude. Uh, Mijo, uh, Emilio, was a very, very super handsome kid, like another menudo. And I had, so I had these, these guys who were very, very attractive, and they seemed to be extroverts, and so at 11 o'clock at night, the party was over for me. Matter of fact, the party had ended at 9.30. But, um, but I was there at 11. And, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, they were like, yo, where else is open, man? I'm just like, you know. They weren't doing liturgical moves, right? They were not doing like the worship God moves. They were like, you know, ready to get down and, and all this other stuff. And I was worn out. And God said, listen to me. That's the kind of introvert I am. Listen to me. God called it sin. Not my introvert. God made me an introvert. I should be an introvert. I love, if you, I wouldn't be able to describe and explain the scriptures the way I do if I didn't spend hours and hours and hours by myself. That's not what's sin. It's disobeying his command to fellowship and love other brothers and sisters. And so if this is uncomfortable for you, it's more uncomfortable for me. And so the first thing I want to do is say, at the end of the service, I want you to invite a bunch of strangers to your house. Secondly, secondly, listen. Yeah, you thought the first one was tough, right? There's another one. Listen to me. Listen. I want to ask your forgiveness. I'm your pastor. And I want more than anything else to display and show you the love of Christ and what, and what a Christian, Christ-centered follower of Christ looks like. And I think to some degree I've done that with prayer and reading scripture. And I've done that with stewardship and all the other things we've talked about. But I know I haven't done that with fellowship. And so what I want to do is I want to ask you to forgive me. And just know that I'm not good at this but I'm going to preach like I am. And I'm going to ask you that even if you're not good enough at this, that we do it together. Is that okay? Let's pray before we get into the scriptures. Father, this is holy ground. 
holy ground. Your word is truth and precious and beautiful. And I am prone to sin. Oh, how I wander. Prone to leave the God I love. God, let this scripture pierce my own heart. And let it pierce all, all of our hearts. Father, I pray that in Jesus' name, you would help me to preach this like I'm good at it. And without apology and passionately. And Lord, help me to preach this to myself. Father, I know that there are husbands and wives here who are so on edge. Father, remind them fellowship. And Father, there are parents and children who have not been able to speak. Remind them, oh God, fellowship. And Father, there are people that we are bitter against and angry towards and hold great resentment. Father, remind us fellowship. And Lord, for some of us, we've been wounded early on as children and we don't trust nobody. Father, remind us fellowship. And so, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit and the meditating on your word, and the possibility because of the cross, I pray that we would be obedient children of the Most High King and that we would do what you've called us to do. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Love must be sincere. Um, The Greek word for this word, sincere, is is where we get our word hypocrite. Now, in, in the Greek, in the Greek, um, to be a hypocrite wasn't a bad thing. It was an actor. And, and the person, what the, what the hypocrite would do is that the, he would come on stage, grab, have you ever seen, you may, might have seen him in movies, there's like a stick, and then there's a mask. And that person would come on stage, bring the mask out, and he would be, you know, the, the husband. And then that same person would come off stage, come back with another mask, and he would be the child. And then that same person would grab the mask and come on stage, and then he would be the spouse or the wife or something like that. But that's what, that's what hypocrites did. They acted like people that they weren't. They just acted. That's where you and I get our words, hypocrite. And so the Bible is saying we are not to don masks. We are not to behave as people we are not. If you're an introvert, be an introvert. If you're an extrovert, be an extrovert. But the Bible says, love must be free of masks. And for good reasons. You can't love someone you don't know. And if you're walking around with your masks, we're missing out. I'm going to say that again because you didn't catch it. If you're walking around with your masks, we're missing out. God didn't make you to be like Pastor Gus or Pastor Raymond. God didn't make you to be like Claudio or Pedro. God didn't make you to be like your brother or your sister. So stop trying. Put down your mask. 
put down your mask. Because love, beloved, love it must, it must be with, without masks, without acting. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Now, I'm sorry. I I should have set up the chapter a little bit better at the beginning of this. This is a chapter, if you go back and you read chapter 12 of Romans, um, the first one says, the first verse in Romans chapter 12, which, by the way, sets up the entire chapter. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. This chapter is all about worshiping Jesus. It's all about lifting up the king, celebrating Jesus, knowing him, that he reigns, worshiping him with all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength. Oh, that you and I would worship. Therefore, what do you mean therefore? Whenever you see in the Bible, therefore, it's, it's a, um, let me give you a Bible study tool. Whenever you see in the Bible, therefore, ask what the therefore is there for. Because when you see a therefore, it's usually referring to something, you know, in other words, nobody would say therefore to start a conversation. You say, you say therefore in the middle of a conversation to say, since you've heard what I just said, therefore, this is the outcome, the outflow, what should come out of this. Therefore, now what, what do you mean, therefore? Well, we don't have the time to read the first 11 chapters, so let me give you the skinny. The, the, therefore is, since God has paid your debt, saved your soul, indwells your life, given you strength, sanctifies your walk, since God is ever-present, ever-powerful, ever-glorious, since God is wonderful and holy and good, since he's done all of this in your life, since this is true about God, therefore... I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies, listen to me, living sacrifices. I don't, I don't want you to bring a dead animal to an altar. I want you to bring a live body to a God. Amen. And so you go, oh, but it's just, you know, it's just, it's just her and me and nobody else is getting hurt. Listen, listen, bring your bodies to God. Therefore, In view of God's mercies, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. So the rest of this chapter is going to speak about what worshiping Jesus looks like. That's what the rest of this chapter is. Now here's the rub. More than half the chapter is about dealing with other people. What's up with that? I thought this was a chapter about worship. It is. But didn't you just say that it's about dealing with other people? Yeah. So how could it be about worship if it's dealing with other people? Ah, I think God is telling us something. It seems in the economy of God as if the relationship that we have this way is an indicator of the relationship that we have this way. 
it would seem that God was... So who's the holiest person in the room? Oh, the person who memorizes the most scripture. Uh-uh. Who's the holiest person in the room? The person who prays the most. No, uh-uh. I wish that were true. <laughs> who's the holiest person in the room? The person who gives everything. No, not necessarily. So, who's the worshiper in the room? It's the person who's in Christ who loves his brother as himself. Better than himself. That's the worshiper. So do you see why God spends over half a chapter talking about worship and speaking about how you deal with your brother and sister, the person that you're with? Now, another thing that's going to be very powerful is that specifically he spends most of the chapter speaking, out of that half, he spends most of that half speaking about how we deal with people who are in the church. Now, everybody knows that, this, the, that, that recovery house of worship is not 360 Skimmerhorn. It's not the bricks of the building. Does everybody know this? Amen. Are you aware of this? So let me, let me just first and foremost thank you for bringing the church into this building. Thank you for bringing the church into this building. The church is the people of God who meet for the glory of God as we hear the word of God and we apply it by the power of God. That's the church. Listen to me. He's going to spend most of his time talking about how you treat the person sitting to your right and to your left to your front, and to your back. The people that you can right now literally reach out and touch. Those people. You know the ones that you've been sitting next to and don't know their name? Those people. It is in the midst of a conversation of worship that God reminds us that if it doesn't look right this way, it'll never look right this way. That if our worship doesn't extend, not worshiping our brother, loving our brother. Remember, it is an indicator. It doesn't make us worshiper. It indicates if we are worshipers at all. Like the lights in your car. You remember the lights in your car, the ones that you ignore all the time? Those lights don't create an engine or transmission or fuel problem. Those lights simply indicate that a problem already exists. Like the sign when you see uh, and you walk by a fence and it says, beware of dog. And that, that sign is not the dog. It is simply an indicator of a reality beyond the fence. Listen to me. Your loving each other is not an indicator. It's not, or rather, is not the creation of your worship of God. It simply indicates if you have been worshiping God. Because, listen to me, it's not fellowship begets worship. It's out of the overflow of your worship, there comes your fellowship. Love must be sincere without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in 
brotherly love. Now, the problem with this chapter is that in the English language, we do, ha- do not have a plural for, um, like, okay, so, well, maybe if you live down south, right? Hey, you, you've done this, right? Right, so where it's like, um, hey, I'll meet y'all, right? That's like a plural of you, right? Well, in the English language, for the most part, we don't have a plural for you, right? It's just kind of like y'all, right? But in the Greek, they did. And so you could lose so much from the Bible. That, do you know, do you know that in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Sermon on the Mount, the you that Christ speaks of in the Sermon on the Mount is hardly ever individual. Matter of fact, almost never. I, I can't think of one time. It's never individual. It's always y'all. Here's what I want y'all to do. Here's what I want you to do with one another. Love one another. Bless one another. Walk with one another. It's y'all. This is not a sermon to an individual. I want you to apply it to yourself, but this is a sermon to a congregation. I want this to be the reputation of our church. Y'all. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Okay, what do we do with that, right? Like, what do you do with that? Honor one another. Okay, yeah, no, no, no. It's, well, they were fresh to me, so I, I'm not giving them any attitude. No, 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 you don't understand. Honor them. I'm grateful that you didn't, like, lash out and, oh, you didn't, oh, I've, I'm grown so much. I didn't lash out. I didn't curse them out. I didn't, you know, they, they don't know who I am and all this other stuff, right? <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. Honor them above yourselves. Give them more honor than you give yourself. If you're not sure how much you honor yourself, ask your friends. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Now watch this. Listen to what the, because he's going back to this worship piece again. He does the corporate, how we're to treat one another, and then he goes back to this idea that he touched on in verse 1. And he says this. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And then he's going to explain what that looks like. And it looks an awful lot like our discipleship wheel. It looks like service and prayer and reading your word. And it looks an awful lot like that. Now, but watch this. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Then it stops. The rest of this will deal with how we deal with one another. Verse 13. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Do you, do you understand that? Okay, so we have this thing in church world where we think that hospitality is the room where we have the cookies. That's what hospitality is. Oh, where are you going? I'm going to you know, the hospitality room. Really? Where's that? It's the room with the cookies. Did you not know? Did you not get the memo? Listen. (laughs) Listen to me. The Bible is not speaking about this vain, silly, have a cookie, how you doing, doing fine. Listen. There are people right now, there are people right now who are courting suicide right now in this room, in the sound of my voice. There are people right now whose marriages are hanging by a thread. Right now. This may be sitting right next to you. 
There are people right now who can hardly stand it, the pain that they feel about their children. Right now, this second, right now, if I asked them to stand, and if they were bold enough to do it, they could stand. There are people right now who are messing with their sin, and they're, listen to me, this close to picking up the most dangerous sin in their life. This close. Right now. And a room filled with cookies will not satisfy this verse. A room filled with cookies will not get to the deep issues of your heart and of your life. Right now, there are people who are wavering with their faith in Christ. They're going, you know what? They're going, you know, I I go to other fellowships and it's okay as long as you worship any other God. It's fine as long as you just kind of believe that God sort of exists and I believe in Jesus and you believe in, 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 in Muhammad and that's fine. There are people right now who are adopting those philosophies, ideas, and views. You'll never know if all... Listen, there right now, there are pretty, pretty girls in this room right now who think they're ugly. There are intelligent boys who think they're stupid. Right now, there are people who are in shape and can't stand their bodies. Right now, right now, the person sitting next to you could be going through the deepest depression that they've ever gone through. And worship unto Jesus does not look like, hi, how are you doing? Have another cookie. What would you like in your coffee? Listen to me. Worship looks an awful lot. Worshiping Jesus looks an awful lot like very messy, very dirty, very unpredictable, getting your hands messy with other lives. That's what worship looks like. Worship looks like getting in the lives of others. Practice hospitality. I don't want you, listen to me. I do not want you to hear this message and say, oh, but I got plenty of friends. I don't want you to hear this message and say, oh, but I'm an extrovert. I hang out with a lot of people. I'm talking about going out of your way to loving the people who are sitting right next to you, who are going through the exact same thing that you might be going through right now. Right now. This second. Right now. So if you're going to practice hospitality, you've got to premeditate that. You can't, you can't just go, oh, well, I'm just going to do hospitality. Okay, yeah, uh, today I'm going to do hospitality. That's fine. Do that. Uh, you know, you should have that in your life, that sort of spontaneous. Sort of, but to practice hospitality, you've got to premeditate that. You've got to think about that before it happens. There's a, there's a letter. It's, it's like 1,900 years old. It's an ancient letter. Um, the title of the letter, if you guys, because you guys are, some of you guys are Google people and you don't believe what I'm saying, so you can Google this. The letter to Diognetus. Diognetus. It's D-I-O-G-N-E-T-U-S. The letter to Diognetus is a letter from an unknown author. We don't know, but he was a Christian, loved Jesus, and he's sharing. And if you think email 
or if you think, you know, text message, he's, he's shooting a reason for why Di- Diognetus should believe in Jesus. That's his whole letter. And so he sends this letter, and we have this letter by the grace of God. It's been, you know, it was originally written in Greek. I, ju- I was just reading it this morning again. Um, not again. It was like re- reading most of it for the first time, really, because I'm only interested in this one part. But somewhere in the third and fourth chapter, because they've broken it up into chapters. Obviously, nobody writes letters in chapters, but, you know, it's a longer letter. Um, it's a long letter. And in the, in the middle of the letter, the proof of why Jesus is real, of why Diognetus should rejoice in Christ, give his life to Jesus, and surrender his life to Jesus. He goes like this. No kidding. This is his argument. He goes, listen, if you don't believe in Jesus, just, just, just look at the church. Have you ever seen people love each other that way? Have you ever seen people share like this with one another? Have you ever seen people be so connected and committed to one another like this? You don't believe in Jesus? Then explain the church to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Today, the church is used as the reason to not believe that Jesus is Lord. But we can change that. Come in, come in, come in, come in close. This is good news. We could change it. We could be the harbingers. We could be the first online. We could be the first church that, listen, the kind of church that the people in this community and the people in the meetings you make and the people at your workplace and the people in your neighborhood and the people around your life, they would go, you know, I'm not sure I believe everything that they believe. I'm not sure I buy this whole Jesus thing. But have you ever seen people love each other like this? Because I don't don't know if I believe what they're teaching. I don't know. But listen to me. I want to because of the way they treat each other. Listen. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Let's say that together. Bless those who persecute you. That means don't don't just not act out. We think that we're doing fantastic, you know, and I would be perfectly fine, quite frankly, if the Bible said, just don't act out. That would be better for me because I could do that. Bless those who could. You mean don't act out and bless? Oh, you got to Come on. Can we? T- All right. So who's got the Book of Mormon? Because this is getting a little complex right now. <laughs> bless those. You mean the guy who tried to steal the deal from under me? Yeah, mm-hmm. bless him. You mean the person who tried to steal my ma- Uh-huh, bless her. Listen to me. Maybe you're like me, and a person touched you at a young age, and you've got wounds coming in from when you were real, real small. Edwin. Yes, Lord? Bless them. Oh, come on. Really? Yeah, you, you, wait, don't you see the gospel here? Listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus, nobody has ever offended anyone like I've offended you. Nobody has ever disobeyed, violated, went against anyone like I've gone against you. Correct. And Edwin, I've forgiven you of that. Correct. 
So out of the overflow of love and abundance for the gospel reaching my life, I can let the gospel. See, this is, I'm not asking you to do something you can do. I'm asking you to do something impossible that only Jesus can do. Bless! Bless them and don't curse them! You can, but I can't, I can't. She tried to take my man. He tried to get the deal out from under me. But, you know, they tried to steal the job. They tried to, listen, listen. Don't do it. Ask Jesus, you mean the way you've forgiven me and the way you've loved me, you want me to bless? Mm-hmm. It looks an awful lot like that. It looks an awful lot like that. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. So, and just a quick, quick story, um, and just to illustrate this point, I don't do this all the time, and I don't do this well. Um, I remember a particular landlord that I had who was so cantankerous and mean-spirited. I, can't, I, could, I could tell you, st- like, put a dead rat in my, came into my apartment, put a dead rat in my kitchen, crazy, out-of-this-world, evil person, right? And I would have fantasies. I don't know. Do you ever have, do you, am I the only one, right? Am I the only one, like, right? I wonder if I'm the only one who's ever, like, you know, have you ever had an argument with somebody and then you have an argument with them again, but they're not in the car and now you're going? And, and I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm doing really good in this argument. They don't have any way. Every time, that I, man, listen, I had her brothers, and I was like Ninja Joe. I could just beat everybody up. I had bad feelings. And the Lord was saying, bless, bless. Bless and don't curse. She never changed. I did. Because Jesus. There was a, a, a guy who was at my job. If, if you go, well, you know, I don't have a landlord like that. But there was a guy at my job, and his, I can't tell you his name. Uh, but, you know, he's a real person and it was a, at a real job at a real place uh, around 15 years ago, right? It's true. Um, and so, but now these things are on the web and I don't want to, you know. Um, so, so he made my life really difficult. He took credit for the things that I did right at work. He tried to have my boss fire me. He, you know, just all the bats that talked bad about me made me look like a fool many times. He was the owner's nephew. He was the owner's nephew, so I couldn't win. You ever been in that situation? You can't win. You can't win. You only can lose. And I remember calling a person who was more spiritual than me. And this is why we need each other, because we can't do this on our own. And I remember when he told me to pray, pray for him, I remember the angry emotions that I felt for the person on the other phone. Because I thought you didn't listen to what I said. Don't you hear? He's trying to take food out of my baby's mouth. He's trying to, right? And you know what? And every time I saw him, I just started to pray for him. I only knew three things about him. I knew he was trying to sell his car. This is the only three things I knew about him because I didn't, I didn't have an intimate relationship with him. But I could hear what, you know, he, he was trying to sell his car. He needed money. And him and his girlfriend were going through tough times. That's the only thing I knew, and I heard it because I had, you know, as you walk around the shop, they talk, people talk to each other, and you hear their conversations. Those are the only three things that I knew about him. So when I, when I blessed, I, I prayed for him. Whenever uh, his name came into my mind, my mind always drifted to violence and anger. And so when I was, you know, when, when the scriptures kind of came alive to me about this, what I started to do 
was, I started, as soon as his name came into my mind, like the first letter of his name, it was like a train, right? All these other thoughts would come. And so, as soon as the first letter came into my mind, I started to pray blessings on him. I started, God, help him to sell his car for the highest value that he could possibly get. God, could you work on the relationship? Not just like, you know, God, God, here's my prayer of blessing. God, get him away from me or I will beat him down like he's never, I will go green point on his butt and just like go all, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. That ain't blessing. Are we okay with that? That's not blessing. Listen to me. Listen to me. God, would you help him with his relationship? They're having a bad time, Lord. Would you give her understanding for him and him understanding for her? God, would you bless him in selling this car? God, would you help him to get more finances so that, and, and to steward them? Well, and I didn't use exactly words like that, you know, because I was much younger and I didn't have vocabulary like this. Um, as, hey, God, help him, with his, help him with his girlfriend. I hope he has a better relationship. Hey, God, you know, get him some money. You know, he needs money. Help him to manage the money he got. Hey, God, help him to sell his car because he needs to sell it and, you know, get, get him top dollar. That's my prayers for him. You know, that guy never changed. He never changed. It's the gospel. You mean, God, this is what it means for you to forgive me? This is how much, you mean, the way he hurts me, is that the way you feel when I lie about you? Is that the way you feel when I undermine you when I go against you and I act like I'm not in Christ? Is this the way you feel? Oh, that's what the cross was about. And then you, oh, and you did all that for me? And I was as bad, as bad as he is to me? That's as bad as, worse? Oh, I get it now. This is a gospel issue. It's a gospel issue. Bless those, in per, who, uh, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Richard, i got to go so fast. There's so much here. I count like six sermons in this one little half chapter. Six sermons. Like it's a whole series. But we got to race, okay? So here's what I want you to do. Just go ahead and read it. Read it. You, don't, you go, but I don't want to start in the middle of chapter 12. Here's a good idea. Read all of Romans over and over and over again. It'll bless your socks off. Okay, rejoice, verse 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Let me tell you something. Just parenthetically, and we've got to do this quick. Again, this is, a whole, this is a whole sermon, this verse right here. Listen to me. It's easier to rejoice. It's easier to mourn with those who mourn than it is to rejoice with those who rejoice. I'll prove it to you. If you're, listen to me. If you're working at your job and another person who loves Jesus and who comes to this church gets a raise that you think you deserve, gets a promotion that you think you deserve, how hard is it for you to rejoice with that person? It's harder to rejoice with those who rejoice sometimes, isn't it? But now watch this. That same person's daughter dies. How easy is it for you to mourn with those who mourn? Listen to me. God put rejoice with those who rejoice because you'll never mourn with those who mourn if you don't start practicing to rejoice. Listen, feel good about, celebrate, 
Thank God for the blessings. You know, you've been looking for a job, and this cat just came to the Lord two weeks ago, and he found not only a job, he found a job that you wanted. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Your marriage is not going well, and these guys just came to the Lord. And it's like the ocean opened up, the heavens, like God came down. Great blessings on their marriage. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Your children, you've been raising them up in Jesus, and they're just as rebellious as they can possibly be and this other person not at all associated with Jesus comes to church one time and all of a sudden their kids are like holy rollers rejoice with those who rejoice listen to me rejoice with those who rejoice rejoice mourn with those who mourn and I'm, honestly, in this church, we hardly have to teach that, man. Y'all do a beautiful job of mourning with those who mourn. I mean that sincerely. I can't tell you how many times from this church, you know, you have multiple pastors showing up to a particular funeral, or one of the pastors showing up and a ton of people, you know, somebody, you know, uh, or if none of the pastors show up in the hospitals, in the thing, you know, that, that, that's kind of precious. If you get connected, you're around a bunch of empathetic people who really do care. And so we mourn with those who mourn as well. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Listen, nobody likes to say they're better than anybody else, but we all think we're better than somebody. That's just the truth, right? I mean, aren't you glad you came to church, right? You think you're better than some people, and you think you're worse than some people. It's, listen, if you, if you suffer from low self-esteem, that's your whole life. That's your whole life. Your whole life is, is saying, who are you better than? Who are you worse than? Yeah, that's your whole life. You suffer from low self-esteem. Let me tell you what you do. The root of your problem is that you have not found your worth in Christ, but you find your worth in being better than or less than anyone else. And so, listen to me. Listen to me. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Find, here, so here's what the Bible is saying. Find your worth in Christ. Find your worth. Find your value. Are you still waiting for that guy to tell you that, he's, that you're beautiful? Find that in Jesus. Amen. Are you still waiting for your dad to tell you good job? Would you just find that in Jesus? It's been a few years. Dad probably won't say it. Why don't we just find it in Jesus? Alright? Find it in Christ. It's the gospel. You see, God is not asking us to do anything that he's not going to empower us to do because it's the gospel. It says Jesus com comes into our hearts. He gives us the strength. Do not repay. Now, we've been talking mostly, we've been talking uh, pretty much about in this church. And at the end of the, listen, what do I want you to do? I just want you to invite some people. I want you to get to know them. I want you to open your home to people. That's all, that's all I want you to do. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Listen to me. This has everything to do, this has everything to do with how we treat people who are outsiders or non-Christians. If non-Christians can't stand to be around you, I'm not talking about they can't stand to be around you because you're, you're genuinely worshiping Jesus. Like for instance, my sister loves me with all her heart, but she won't buy, invite me to some of her parties. I wonder why. I don't know. I thought I'm a pretty good dancer, nice guy, you know. 
She doesn't invite me. What happened? What happened? Listen. So there, there, there's, I'm not talking about that kind of thing. That sort of thing will happen, right? And then, you know, she invites me to other parties like the Super Bowl and all the other stuff when they won't be, you know, you know, kind of stuff going on. Um, some, only some of y'all got that. That was bad. All right. Sorry. It's the microphone. Um, so listen to me. But if absolutely nobody, because... You're so, off- the, gospel, the gospel should be offensive. In fact, the Bible says the gospel is a stench to those who are perishing. The gospel is a stench to those, think a dead man who's been in his home dead for five days and then opening the door and then getting a smell. That's what the gospel smells like to those who want nothing to do with Jesus. So the gospel is a stench to those who are perishing. I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is that the gospel isn't offensive you are. I got one person to clap. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty pretty powerful. When the gospel is not offensive, but you are, when the gospel is not offensive, but you are, you don't do the gospel justice. You're disobeying Christ. And so here's what it looks like for me. For me, it looks like being sensitive, but being true. And so, you know, so I'm able to say, to my friends who I love dearly. Um, I was just talking to a, a buddy of mine, and, you know, we, we do some exercising together, and I was able to confront them on some very strong stuff. This is an area of sin in your life. No, it's not. That's not what I believe, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, it is. It's in love, in a way that's winsome, in a way that doesn't fudge on the truth, but, but also is not so overbearing that it repels people. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. By the way, do what is right in the eyes of everybody, not to the point of sin. Some people at your job will want you to, doing what is right is called sin, right? Fudging on the receipts, you know, giving the numbers that are not wholly accurate, that's not what the Bible is talking about. The Bible is talking about how we live so deeply worshiping Christ that when others see your marriage, they go, wow, his wife is treating him so bad, but he's just honoring God. He's just, I don't know how he does it. His children are going crazy, but man, I don't know how he does. His, you know, her, her, her family, I don't know how she does like that. Verse 18, if it is possible as far, and we just got to blaze through this. Okay, so if it is possible... If it is possible, far as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. And so far as it depends on you. So some people just don't want to have anything to do with you. And so far as it depends on you. For me, it looks like email. It looks like phone call. It looks like a visit. It looks like long letter in a handwritten thing. I want to. I want to seek peace. I want to. I want to pursue. I want, you know, uh, there are some people in my family who just won't, we just, I can't get them to call me back. I can't. And what do I do? Every couple of weeks, I call them up. Hey, I knew I was going to go to your machine. I just want you to know I love you, and I really would like to reestablish this relationship. Okay, keep it moving. Um, and so far as it depends on you, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. Listen to me. This is important. Listen to me. This gives us peace. You go, but ugh, I don't like that. It is mine to avenge. God, I will repay, says the Lord. Listen to me. Let me tell you why this is so powerful. Remember the guy who did these terrible things when I was young? 
I don't have to find him. I know exactly where he is. I know the neighborhood that he lives in. He has not moved. I know exactly. He's a, he's a staple in a particular neighborhood. I, I can find him probably in a day or so. Listen to me. I will repay, says the Lord. And so, here's the good news. Either he will have to pay for the evil that he has done and the destruction that he has done, or he will surrender his life to Christ And Christ would have paid for the evil that he had done. But either way, vengeance isn't mine. Vengeance is his. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay. And so it goes, all right, so uh, um, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And so how does God repay? He either will punish his son on the cross for the sin that they've done to you, or he'll punish them. But somebody's going to pay. My prayer is that they would receive Christ and Christ would have paid the penalty. Does that make sense? Okay. And even, listen to me, even if you don't necessarily feel that way, you can, you can rest. You don't have to, oh, I, want, I need vengeance, I need blood. I thought this marriage was going to last forever. And, you know, you cheated and, oh. Yeah, listen. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Okay. I can leave you in God's hands. On the contrary, verse 20, on the contrary, listen to me, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. uh, In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Listen to me, the Bible is not telling you to do a God-given gift in a God-forsaken way. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, the the, the Bible does not want you to have bad motivations for doing a good thing. The heaping coals on their head is that they would be convicted by their sin. This happened with me and my wife. When I was talking to the Lord about how I wanted him to strike her down because she was being so uh, rebellious. This was like 10 years ago. Like 10 years ago. I was like, Jesus, strike her down. Bend her knees or break her legs. But she's got it. Oh, it's on. Like she was, I felt she was being very disrespectful. And here's what the Lord spoke to my heart. She said, I would be able to deal with her heart if she wasn't as focused on how much of a jerk you were being. And so, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. So I heaped coals on her head. I loved her. And I asked God to give me the love. I didn't fake it. No, remember? No hypocrites. No actors. I said, God, you mean I've been disrespectful to you and you still love me? God, I've disobeyed you and you still love me? You mean, God, I've said things that hurt your feelings and you still love me? You mean, it's the gospel. And so I said, okay, God, give me that kind of love. Make me look like Jesus to her. And so what I did was I, 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 in an effort to look like Jesus to my wife, within two years, she came to Christ. She surrendered her life to the Lord. She's my best friend. I love her with all my heart. It's a great gift. It's a great gift. But what did I do? He coals on her head. I said, you know what? I'm going to let God deal with you. And so what did I do? So I, so I wasn't in the way. Now God was able to convict her of her sin. And, right? Because it takes, listen, it takes two to fight. You know, otherwise you just have one person acting crazy. Right? So don't be that one person. Okay. We got almost no time, so let's keep on going. All right, do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but listen to this, but overcome evil with good. What does that mean? This is all about worship. It's all about worshiping Christ, serving Jesus, and the way we do it, listen to me, the way we do it, the way we're going to do it, 
is we're going to worship God and we're going to do everything that we just saw on the, on the discipleship wheel. We're going to grow in grace. We're going to pray and we're going to read God's word because God's going to give us the strength for this. And we're going to love one another. We're going to find people that we don't know. Listen, you can't practice this unless you make yourself vulnerable. You go, but I can't be vulnerable. Listen, start small. You can do this. I'm the biggest introvert in the room. Amen? Absolutely. Yeah, some of you who really know me go, hey, man. Right? <laughs> Listen to me. Watch this. So because I want to be your pastor and I want to show you the way. I don't just want to talk to you about the way. This is a piece of paper with the, my address and train and driving directions to my house. Today, I'm having a party in my house. You're invited. And listen, because we've got to premeditate this, I'm going to have another one in two weeks. And then, listen to me, two weeks from there, I'm going to have another one. And then two weeks from there, anybody know what's going to happen? Till you come. And listen to me, listen to me. But I'm also an introvert. So, from three to five. From three to five, we're going to hang out at my house. We're going to talk. We're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to enjoy each other. I make these, um, I make my own pizzas. What? Right? I do. I, I do. It's really delicious. Um, one per person. It's like a pan pizza to you before. And so, and listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. It's my effort. And it's not a good effort. It's not the best effort. It's my effort. That's what the scriptures have done for me. I want my worship of Jesus to reflect in my love of you. So, if you've got nothing better to do, 3 o'clock. My house, 3 to 5, we'll enjoy it. Now, at 5 o'clock, I'm going to go, thank you for coming. I'm gonna go, it's so wonderful that you came. I need a nap. And I'm going to, but listen to me, listen to me. Not a great effort. Not a great effort. Listen to me. I just, I just want the scriptures to be true in my life. That's my effort. That's my effort. I have around a bunch of these. So we were going to put it on the screen. And I said, no, don't think I'm going to do that. Um, have you been to Recovery House of Worship? Um, you know. And so if you're going to come, I'll have this. Well, I can't put them in my pocket, but I'll have them with me. And I promise I'll have them with me. And I'll just, here you are. I'll be standing right here. I just, the Bible tells us we want to do what the Bible says. Some of you, you just don't know Jesus. You have no idea how you're going to do this fellowship thing because you have no worship to begin with. And so listen to me. Right now. Right now. Right now. You go, oh, but I've been coming to church for years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now. You can give your heart to Christ. You can confess your sins to Jesus. Don't wait till I finish speaking. Go, Jesus. I want you to come into my heart. I've sinned. I've turned against you. I want to be a worshiper of Christ. God, would you just just save me? I can't do it on my own. I deserve hell and worse. Lord, would you just give me? I want to. Not, I believe in God. Oh, yeah, God's with me. I'm down with God. He's always been with me. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about surrendering your body to Christ. And what I want you to do, as you worship God, now those of you who believe, what I want you to do, is that I want in your life for more meaningful, and believe me, 
it's meaningful that you would be in these rows. I don't want to speak to empty seats. Amen? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be in an empty place speaking with 20 people here. Or I mean, if it was 20 people, and I've, I've done that. I praise God for that. But I'm saying the more people that, I, that we get to share the gospel with, the more, the more joy we get, right? But listen to me. Listen to me. More importantly than you guys being in rows, I want you to get in circles. And I want you to hear that marriage. And as you hear them, you're going to go, me too. And I can't believe you're saying, you're telling my story. And you're going to hear them. And you're going to realize the beauty of God's word. And then there's going to be another person. And they're going to share about something you're going to go through in about five years. You don't know, but God does. And because you had this intimate thing, even if you've drifted away after those five years, you, you'll be able to go, oh, it happened to me. It happened to me. And listen to me. No pastor is going to be available. No, no regular, listen, you know who's going to be there? The people who you fellowshiped with. More importantly than getting in rows, I want you to get in circles so that when you are going through your rejoicing, that person who just came in, you were like me? And you, and you go, yeah, and can you believe it? And can you believe it? And then they practice the scriptures because they rejoice with those who rejoice. And it gives them hope. And you're like, oh, if God can do it for you, man, maybe there's hope for me. you to get in circles. So, you will finish this sermon by either coming to my house or and, not or, and finding, finding some strangers. Maybe not this week. Maybe next. But just getting their numbers and saying, would you come... And if you invite eight and only one shows up, it's okay. Bring the leftovers here. And we'll enjoy them. And we'll rejoice over your effort. Listen, you can do this. Actually, you can't do this. But Jesus can do this in you. Don't want you to clean up your house. I don't want you to put the fine china out. I don't want any of that stuff. Here's what I want. If you come to my house, paper plates, paper cups, just so you know. Right? We don't do dishes on Sundays, right? That's just like a rule, right? We don't do dishes on Monday. No, I'm kidding. That's not true. That's not true. We do dishes every day. But we, it's, yeah, my wife is phenomenal at keeping a, a, a beautiful house. Um, but it's paper plates. Listen to me. Paper plates, paper cups. I just want to love you. I want to get to know you. I want to do life with you. Find five people, find ten. For you extroverts, this is easy. For you introverts, get two. Get one. Get them over. And start doing life together. I'm going to pray for you. Father, this scripture has been so difficult for me. I'll be honest with you, Lord. It's much more easier for me to get in rows than it is in circles. And I just haven't been good at this. I want to be, though. I want to be. And by your grace, I will. 
So, Lord, since you've established fellowship with me, help me to establish fellowship with my brothers and sisters. Help me to love them. Help me to be open and vulnerable. I also pray, Lord, that nobody takes the confessions that I give here and use them against me. And if they do, Lord, I pray I praise you in the midst. But, Father, I know that we'll never grow the way you want us to grow unless we get to know one another. So, Lord, help our worship indicator to indicate a love for Jesus by a love for one another. I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't be busy about inviting the people that we came in with, but we would just find somebody who you lead us to, who we might not know. Maybe on Tuesday, maybe on Thursday, maybe on Saturday. But that every day of the week, Lord, there would be groups that meet together. Father, I thank you for the new group that's going to be, the women's group that's going to be meeting here on Thursdays. They're going to get to know each other and love each other and sit in circles. I thank you for the men's group that meets on Thursdays as well. But Lord, I pray that it goes outside of this building and gets into people's living rooms and that there would be a love and long-suffering and a worship. I pray that you would be honored by what we say and do. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen.